Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What's going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, along with my partner in crime, Tyler, bringing you another fantastic episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing well, Micah. Really looking forward to this evening. Uh, we got... Uh, kind of something new that we haven't done before so hopefully raider nation likes it i'm really excited about it uh so yeah i'm doing well how about yourself uh you know what uh i predicted as as many know a giants victory over the bears yes you did that came to fruition i also went out on a limb and predicted a raiders over chiefs victory which was shaping up actually to come to fruition until all of a sudden our defense, who had had like three three and out stops previously, all of a sudden on the final drive decided to uh, go classic Raider defense and give up, I believe it was a 93-yard um, scoring drive. So, you know what? Uh, I don't. Do I eat full crow on that? Can I just eat a couple wings, maybe? Because I, I would mean, say it's close. Lost you, by, yeah, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think you need to eat a full crow at all. I actually applaud you for having uh the brass if you will to (laughs) even put out that suggestion so no i say eating no crows awesome well i appreciate that that's definitely a little bit of an olive branch for me there extended so thanks so much for that um you know what i think let's first off obviously if you want to be part of the show give us a call leave us a voicemail the number to do so is 208-557-9771. Give us a call. Give us your thoughts on the draft, on the season, whatever. I mean, anything. Um, we're going to also have some more holiday polls. I'm thinking holiday over and underrated desserts, um, things like that. That'll be coming up on later podcasts as, to, as we roll through this Christmas season. Um, but try to keep your voicemails to around about a minute or under a minute is best for the podcast. But we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Get it on this thing, and we will play it back, and we'll discuss uh, what you have to say in your take, whether it's hot garbage take on the Raiders or what you like about this Raiders team, whatever. You know, the season's winding down, probably a good thing. Um, we're, we're excited for the free agency and the draft again uh, <laughs> to get on to that. But again, that number is 208-557-9771 if you want to be part of the show. Also, give us a follow on Twitter. At behind eye patch on Twitter, no the in there, just at behind eye patch. Also look us up on Facebook, on our Facebook page. Uh, at uh, just look up uh, behind the eye patch, behind the eye patch on Facebook. Give us a follow there. We post up all of our uh, our podcasts to Facebook. Uh, also go up on Twitter. You can find us on iCloud or on on uh, iTunes. Um, Man, Tyler, you're gonna have to help me with the other one, bro. What? Where are we're on Google? Stitcher. Um, Stitcher. Dad, gummit, man. I, that's about the third time you've had to help me with I'm that. I'm gonna one. see if we Stitcher. can maybe also get on Spotify. I need to look into that one as well. So. Awesome. So, so uh, really, the the platforms are expanding as the show expands, and part of that expansion today is actually uh, we get to do a little phone interview with a gentleman who follows the Pac-12. Uh, also BYU, Utah State, Utah, obviously, that's stuck there in the Pac-12. Uh, Hema, uh, a good friend of Tyler's. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to get in on that on that phone conversation here in just a minute. But Tyler, you got any shout-outs for us this week? Yeah, this week we have one shout-out to uh, Mr. Bobby Wasabi. Uh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's from California. Thank you, Bobby Wasabi, nice. for the follow on Twitter. Or, yeah, on Twitter, sorry. Goodness gracious! Appreciate that. That that's fantastic. Well, Tyler, man, I don't I don't want to wait anymore. Let's get in on this phone interview that we were able to do with Hema, your good friend. Yes, sir. Um, 
And uh, let, let's get right into it, man. Raider Nation, we are super excited to have our first guest on the podcast. Hema is coming to us live from the beautiful city of Utah. Am I correct in that, Hema? Yes, the beautiful city of Salt Lake. Oh, it's, my uh, word. freezing cold right now and <laughs> covered in snow. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, guys, Hema, he covers a lot of the Pac-12. He's going to give us some insights on Utah, Utah State. BYU, again, like I said, covering a little bit of the Pac-12. We're going to dive into all of that, especially since we've been talking about the draft since about October, unfortunately, once Love again, the, the Oakland Raiders. So, Hema, thanks so much, man, for giving us some of your time, and we really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing some of your insights with us. Hey, Tyler and Micah, it's great. It's great to be on. Thanks so much for inviting me. Awesome. Well, yeah, I tell you what, we, we wouldn't have it any other way, and, and – uh, uh, Tyler made me do this, actually. Is how that <laughs> yep. so, I sure I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so I, my, my, first question, my first question, Tyler, I'm going to start this off really quickly. And Emma, just, <laughs> we're, I'm going to dive into the Pac-12, just, just dip in really quickly. Yeah. Justin Herbert, Oregon Ducks quarterback. Is he worth the hype? Is he worth – is he a top three pick? Is he even the top quarterback in this draft if he ends up coming out in this draft in 2019? You know what? I think so. I think, uh, so Justin Herbert, he, uh, I, I gotta tell you, he was a, he was a breath of fresh air. You know, the ducks have been kind of, uh, struggling since honestly, since the departure of, uh, Marcus Mariota and, uh, Justin Herbert comes in, um, and he does pretty well against Utah. So, um, I mean, honestly, I, I, I follow Utah every day for my job, um, Utah athletics. And so, honestly, when, when the Oregon was coming into Utah, we were kind of worried uh, because, uh, you know, the youths, they didn't have um, – a lot of people were injured. Um, they're trying to play for a place in the Pac-12 South. Um, so, Justin Herbert was definitely someone we were keying off on. Um, luckily, Utah got the win, but then Utah was – pretty much cheering for Justin Herbert and the Ducks because we needed them to beat Arizona State <laughs> in order to become the Pac-12 uh, South champion. So uh, uh, worth the hype? I, I think so. Um, I, Emma, I, let me ask you, would you take him with a number, number two overall pick? Is he uh, worthy of that? Number, I'm number two. That's probably where the Raiders are sitting at, right? I don't. I don't, I, you know, if, if that's what you guys think needs to happen, um, you know, it's always good to get a quarterback. I think he'll still be around to be honest. Like that's, that's the real question is if he'll still be there or not. And I think he definitely will be. Okay. Um, yeah. That's see, that's interesting because uh, Raider nation has kind of been really split at the quarterback position. Uh, there's especially, it's another down year. So it's kind of compounds and everything seems worse, but it's a, it's a kind of split decision on car. A lot of people are ready to cut ties and, and move on, but there's still a healthy portion of Raider nation that still wants to stick around and give him at least through Vegas, especially now with, I believe it's his Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but his fifth, uh, offensive coordinator now since he's been in the NFL. Um, so, and I think if for personally, and I think Tyler agrees that we got to give him at least a couple years with Gruden and yep. uh, let him grow with that. So, Herbert, especially that second pick at the draft, I think we need to let you know let Herbert fly on by um, yeah. if he does indeed come out. Um, but Tyler, here's the real question, man, and this is what I'm interested in: the Oakland Raiders right now are in big need uh, of a defensive end. Uh, any kind of pass rush right now, which which needs to come from the defensive end position. We're also in need of linebacker position, the safety position. I mean, I, I could kind of oh, go wow. on and pretty much but, the whole defense. Exactly. Cornerbacks. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have? Is there anybody that you see in BYU, Utah, Utah State uh, that you really like that maybe not even necessarily is a top pick, you know, a, a, a worthy of a first or second round, but somebody that you think the Oakland Raiders could snag, even even early rounds or late rounds that sure. could step in and start, uh, you know, developing and become, you know, a weapon for the Oakland Raiders defense. Okay. So, you know what, if you guys have a second round pick, um, probably the best bet for a defensive player would probably be Chase Hansen. Uh, Chase Hansen plays for Utah. Um, he's a six, three, 230 pound linebacker was a, this is interesting. Uh, you know, born and raised in Utah, 
played a quarter. He was a quarterback at uh, Lone Peak High School, um, goes to Utah, and ends up balling out as a safety. So they put him at safety, and I think he's definitely you know NFL caliber safety. Um, this year, they Utah had need at linebacker, so they moved him to the linebacker spot. And uh, you know what? He did really well at the linebacker spot. Um, Is he so big she, enough to go from a safety to a linebacker? See, that's the thing. I, I don't know if he's a linebacker size for the NFL. Um, he's pretty quick. Um, who, I, did, who does he remind you of? Who would be a good comparison maybe coming out of Utah? Hmm. He, he reminds me a lot of like Eric Weddle, an Eric Weddle type. Um, okay. You know, good run stopper. Uh, you know, he has, I, I've seen him cover, you know, not too bad, but he's definitely a run support type safety. Good at blitzing, um, can uh, mask his blitzes pretty well. So I, I think, uh, yeah, Eric Weddle is probably a good, good comparison. Now, when we were talking off air, you mentioned, and I'm not even going to attempt saying this guy's name, but you mentioned a defensive end that might be worth a a developmental look as far as uh, he's kind of got the raw talent and the physical traits that he could develop into somebody. Who was that again? Because obviously the Raiders, they're in need of a pass rush and defensive end. I think the Raiders are going to go probably defensive end with their first overall pick. I wouldn't be surprised to see that move also on a defensive end in the free agency earlier in the season. So give us this guy, though, and I, you're, you're going to have to pronounce his name, man. Who, who is that again? <laughs> yeah, I think you're, 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 you're thinking of uh, Corbin Kofusi um, out yes. of BYU. This guy, uh, you know, he did, pretty, he did pretty well for the Cougars this season, uh, you know, Putting the win totals aside and BYU having a down couple of years, um, he's definitely got the physical traits that, and the raw, like you said, the raw ability to get the job done. Um, Dude's 6'9", 275 pounds. Um, He's got long arms. He can can rush. He can um, put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, So, you know, he's, he's a guy that, they could probably pick up, you know, they could probably sign him. They, they, you don't have, you don't need to okay. draft this guy. Um, they could probably pick him up for nothing. And does if, he have a, know, does he have a brother in the NFL or cousins? There's yes. a bunch of Kofusis, right? There's a bunch of Kofusis, but his brother you're probably <laughs> thinking of is uh, Bronson. Um, right. Plays for the Ravens. Ravens? Yep. Ravens. Uh, and has been starting for a while. You know, he's, he's a good, solid defensive end. Um, so it runs in their blood. Uh, so if, if the Raiders are looking to, if they're in rebuild mode, um, and they are willing to take a chance on a, a young, um, uh, underdeveloped, uh, guy who does have the physical traits, Corbin Cuffies is probably a good bet. Okay. Okay. And it kind of reminds me that the Oregon Ducks had a, had a massive defensive end here a couple years ago, didn't they? He was kind of another guy that I want to say he had a ridiculous wingspan and he was kind of raw talent. And I forget his name right now, but it kind of sounds similar to who you've been oh, talking are you, about. Um, are you thinking of, uh, are you thinking of, um, oh my gosh. What is you, his name? You know who I'm talking He's, about. Yeah. He was he was a big dude. I mean, he was yeah. he was kind of a freak. And and you know, the, we've seen the Raiders, you know, pull the trigger on some guys like this, like uh, Pharaoh Brown, the tight end uh, from Oregon. I was really bummed that that pick never really worked out, just because that guy was massive. And I just, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. for whatever reasons, he never really made it off the practice squad. I, I don't believe he's with Oakland anymore. Uh, no, fact, he's with the Browns. He's with the Browns now, yeah. But uh, I'm always really interested in players like that just because of the the, the physical attributes, and it's just the, the potential is exciting there. So if we could pick him yeah. up as a signing and not have to put a draft pick on him, I like the sound of that, especially, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit as well. The Raiders have, at, right now at the defensive position, we're basically starting people who are kind of just plug and play or guys that are older. And and so we need, I mean, honestly, there would be no difference from starting a guy like this out of BYU as compared to, (laughs) you know, some of the guys we have now, it it is kind of that bad on the the defensive front. So let me, let me ask you this guys. I mean, like, you know, the Raiders, you know, they got rid of Khalil Mack. They got rid of a bunch of other guys. Salty. What, what, what is the, what are they thinking about doing? Are they just cleaning house and they're going to take the rebuilding years? I mean, Gruden's got 10 years to figure everything out. 
Um, <laughs> is is that what they're doing? Is that I mean, what are you guys thinking is is the goal here? The end game. I think the end game is is that right there is I think Gruden wants to put his his fingerprints all over this team, whether it's players that he drafts, players that he brings in as free agents. Uh, I, I mean, everybody's end game is to win, right? You play to win the yeah. game. We we know that from old from Herm Edwards. Um, but you know, it, I think he. I don't know if it's an arrogance thing or just he, what he wants to do, but um, no, they definitely stripped the uh, the roster down. There's not much there in the cupboards. We were talking last week about how we we're starting guys that probably ought to be backups, and uh, there's just not that we're devoid of talent at this time. So um, that's my that's my two cents. Yeah. I think the biggest thing right now is, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but uh, John Gruden's been really thrown a curveball, and I don't think he had any intention of letting Khalil Mack go, of uh, letting go of uh, uh, Amari Cooper as well. I think what what we've seen happen is, is you know, honestly, Oakland could be in the middle of a Pittsburgh Steelers type scenario right now with, uh, you know, the whole Le'Veon Bell holdout, and it could it could even be a bigger mess. So I think John Gruden took the calculated risk. He also respects players who show up and put in the work. Um, and I think they would have gotten a deal done if Mac would have been in the building. Mac held out, decided he didn't want to do that. So all of a sudden Gruden's faced with, oh my goodness, I can get two first round picks and and I can ship this guy out. I don't want to do that. But if he's not going to show up and put in the work, he's got to set, John Gruden in his first year, he has to set kind of the precedent. He's got to set how things are going to be done. And he's got to mm-hmm. kind of set the standard. And so he did that in a big way with Khalil Mack. And for all the talk that we've seen that, oh, you know, that was bad. You know, players aren't going to want to go there. You know, he lost the locker room. The Oakland Raiders just went and barely lost to perhaps the best team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. So he hasn't mm-hmm. lost anybody in that locker room. The players that are still there are still playing. They're still fighting, obviously, because they could have laid down. And, and and I mean, the Chiefs had every right to beat that beat the Raiders 52 to 10 on Sunday. But the Raiders hung yep. tough. Even had a chance towards the about middle of fourth quarter, had a chance to put the Chiefs away or at least go on top, send that thing into overtime. But those players fought, man. And I think that speaks a lot for John Gruden as a coach. Um, so between that and then all of a sudden, you know, we're faced with guys like Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, guys that are certainly talented but don't have the consistency and the talent level the, the consistency, really, to play week in and week out and be reliable. And we've seen that with Amari Cooper and his drops. Even Crabtree and his drops, it became something to where you could count on it. Give him, let him get his first couple of drops in a game out of the way, and then it was like he was fine for the rest of the game. But that kind of inconsistency, and and, and now you're looking forward, and, and Cooper, you know, is going to demand a big contract at the end of the season. A, a guy who plays inconsistently like that, you can't pay a guy like that. You, you can't, you're better mm-hmm. off taking what you can get, and and like we were already talking about, Gruden's trying to build this team in his image. So what better way then to get rid of an inconsistent player um, and and go out and try to find somebody who's more consistent? Because honestly, with the talent, the 2016 talent that the Raiders had, it, projecting that yeah, out, this isn't a team that is going to be competing for Super Bowls year in and year out. That was yeah. an anomaly. That was a flash in the pan. So John Gruden's taking the calculated risk. He's he's collected draft picks. We have, I think, uh, Tyler and I have calculated thus far in the next two years, we have something like over two hundred and twenty million dollars in cap space over the course yep. of twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. So this team should be rocking and rolling, locked and loaded for Vegas in twenty twenty between the draft picks and the free agency. So right now, like um, we talked about this a little bit, I you know I think Gruden is doing the best he can with what he has and the curveballs that have been thrown his way. So I think, uh, you know what, you've convinced me, you know, I kind of thought the Raiders were a dumpster fire. Um, and they have been I, this year. I mean, they, they have, I, it, it really, I, they really have. Sure. No, it's fine. I mean, and that's fine. And, but with Gruden, I've been trying to figure out what the heck is this guy trying to do? Um, but you, you know, you, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, like that whole situation. And I think they might have, may have dodged a bullet. I mean, look at him. He hasn't played yet, you know? Yeah. And I, uh, I have thought this before, like, I thought he would be back in week 10 at the very least, but he's yep. holding out and uh, it's, I mean, it hasn't caused a lot of problems for them, but it was kind of a mess and it definitely is a PR mess. So um, yep. for, for him to get rid of that, for John Gruden to avoid that potential headache, you know, that's good management. 
right yep. there, to be honest. And, and we won't really know the full effects of it until, you know, we see what we get with those extra two first-round picks because, you know what, in three years from now, four years from now, if we, if we go bust on those picks, then, yeah, that's on Gruden. That's a terrible move. But for, for all we know, by the time 2020 rolls around, when this team is projected to start basically competing for playoff spots, competing for championships again, um, this could be a team. Gruden's trying to build this team like the Patriots have built their team. And I know Oakland hates using the Patriots as <laughs> as any kind of model. But it's true. Look at the one team in the NFL that has been consistently good year in and year out. And it's the yeah. New England Patriots. And I don't want – for the Oakland Raiders slogan is commitment to excellence. I don't want a commitment to excellence for a couple years and then – three or four years down. I don't want to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't want yeah. to be consistently eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe 10 and six on a good year, but we lose in the playoffs. No, no, I want, I want deep runs into the playoffs consistently. That's, that's as a, as a sports fan, man, that's what you should be striving for. I don't want to get caught in this Cincinnati Bengal limbo of, right. well, at least we're not terrible. We're never great, right. but we're not terrible. That does me no good. So, you don't so I be, think that's you don't what want John's to be consistently like, mediocre is basically exactly. what you're saying and exactly. like i don't want to be consistently like crap like we've been for the past 16 years either but <laughs> hey, if, if it takes a couple years of just eating crap yep. for you guys to eventually get to a uh you know consistent 10 and 6 season or whatever whatever it is that your goal is i think it'd be well worth it so yep. you know uh, yep. a lot remains to be seen but you know yeah. i think as far as i know Hey, there's there's a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and that's we talked about that a little bit too. As far as you know, you look at some of these teams that are in limbo. Where would you rather be right now? Would you rather be a team that is mediocre, you know, five and six, uh, six and six, um, and and hoping that oh, you know, maybe we'll score next year's draft, or would you rather be terrible right now? But you've got four first round draft picks in the next two years. You've got uh, a solid quarterback in Derek Carr that can be a cornerstone piece. And you've got over $220 million in cap space uh, over oh, the yeah. next course of the next couple of years. Or would you rather be mediocre and hoping that, you know, well, maybe we can, you know, hit on our first round pick, you know, that's going to be number 17 in the first round and, and keep slowly putting the piece together. I, I don't, I, like I said, I'm done. I'm done being, I don't want to be a Colts <laughs> fan. I don't want to be a Bengals fan. I, I'm tired of, of, uh, over ex over expecting and underperforming because I, I feel like that's I mean Colts Andrew Luck man that's a classic example I mean yeah. they expect the moon talking about Andrew Luck if you were to if you were to wake up out of a coma from ten years ago and you heard people talk about Andrew Luck you'd have thought oh he's got what two three Super Bowl wins then no <laughs> no he doesn't but but they just they love that guy so much but they just they're committed to this mediocrity along with Andrew uh, Andy Dalton. And it just, it stumps me. So, but that's, that's another conversation for another day. I do want to get to you though, on this running back out of Utah. Um, is, is it, uh, Zach Moss? Is that correct? Zach Moss. Yeah. Tell that's me a bit about right. this guy. Okay. So, um, Zach and Moss. maybe you can tell us how he tore his MCL, ACL <laughs> and meniscus climbing into bed. Oh my gosh. Okay. You guys heard about that, huh? Um, oh Yeah. Yeah. As so a physical me, therapist, that piques my interest uh, a oh, lot sure. because I'm like, uh, is he pole vaulting? Is <laughs> man, uh, what does yeah. he do? Does he have like a, a three, a third, like bunk <laughs> on his bed? How does how? What is this man doing to get into bed? Oh yeah, it's it's almost like you know I hurt myself rolling out of bed every morning. <laughs> Getting into bed is a completely different story, right? So right. Uh, yeah, let me tell you about Zach Moss. Yeah, 5'10", 210 pound running back. Um, he is 210 pounds of solid muscle. This guy is freaking yoked. Um, he, uh, he's, he's the, um, he's a freshman, wait, sophomore. He's a sophomore. Um, and actually at the time, like a couple of years ago, I think, uh, Utah had a Armand shine who's running right now because Zach's hurt. He was actually the starter. So Zach took the spot. Um, wow. This guy, he's unbelievable. Uh, last year, he rushed for uh, 1,100, almost 1,200 yards. Um, he has the breakaway speed to not only get past. Once he hits the secondary, he's gone. He's gone. No one can tackle him. And uh, this guy has the um, 
sorry, did I say he was a sophomore? He's a junior this year. Oh, junior. Um, okay. Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So I was um, thinking he's not even legal. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, he's he's very legal, and that's actually the thing that people are talking about right now is um, his stock's pretty high this year before he got hurt, and so they're they're waiting to see if he um, declares for the draft or not. Let me ask my buddy here, Zach. Zach. Zach hasn't declared for the draft yet. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't know if I missed something, but they expect him to because the stock was so high before he got injured. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what we are waiting for as you know, sports news guys here in Salt Lake City. We're waiting for him to to tell us what's going on. Um, how he got injured though is when. So I remember when they broke the news that he was going to be out for the last two games of the season. He'll miss. He was going to miss, and he did miss the uh, Pac-12 championship. Uh, he's gonna miss the bowl game. His his year's pretty much done. Uh, they got they got him an MRI and uh, the results came back that um, he had actually injured it like earlier in the year. Um, is that a thing, Tyler? I don't even know. But I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> obviously you can like a partial tear. Absolutely, you can you can partially hurt something uh, for sure. Yes, that's a real thing. So, so I guess, yeah, so I guess he heard it earlier in the year, and then just getting into bed was the thing that snapped it. And not not running wind sprints, not uh, no, doing not the agility ladder. No, yeah. it's, yeah, just um, hopping into I, bed. I, I, into no, bed. I don't think I want to dig any deeper to why he, you know, his explanation of just getting into <laughs> bed and hurting his knee, that's fine with me. I don't know if I want to know <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to uncover anything else. Yeah, right? yeah. That, so, yeah, so, so, I mean, that's all we know. And, uh, yeah, so, um, we're waiting on word whether or not he's going to be drafted. But if he, if he does go, if he does declare, um, I think that's a solid signing for sure. Okay. Um, you know, let him rehab or whatever. But if, if you, if you could only see what this guy's done, um, I mean, he went toe to toe with Arizona State and they're running back. He was running on Washington, you know, did really well. So, um, yeah, so I would say, you know, in closing, Zach Moss would be a good signing for sure. Okay. Yeah, and that's because that's going to be big to know because whether that's this year, I kind of, from the sound of it, I'd almost rather wait and see him put together a senior year just because it looks like Oakland's going to try to bring Marshawn Lynch back for one more season, whether they're able to do that or not. We'll, we'll see. I know they've also expressed interest in making sure they have Doug Martin back again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they'll keep Jalen Richard, probably give. Uh, Washington the boot we also have a young man Chris Warren the third on the sidelines that everybody's excited to see so I think Oakland's backfield next year has a potential to be pretty full still but uh, this sounds like a guy for Raider Nation to keep their eye on see what happens and we'll catch up with you later you know in 2019 as we draw close to the draft see what's found you know what's going on with this guy and and but write him down on your Write him out down on your watch list, Raider Nation. This is a guy we want to keep an eye on. And, and Oakland's going to need a running back soon. And uh, this could be the answer for their backfield. So, um, Tyler, I do know that you have an all-important non-football question for yes, Hema. Uh, I think I we sure need to go ahead and drop that now. Uh, my, my good friend Hema is a, uh, as an aspiring musician. He's a musician in my <laughs> eyes. I have uh, several of his songs. You can find him on iTunes, Hema Hemuli Jr., um, and be, being that, I want his expertise on the top three Christmas albums of all time. His top okay. three uh, musical Christmas albums. Now, this could be instrumental. This could be uh, with voice. Uh, okay. Your top three Christmas albums in your professional opinion. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. So let's start. Let's start. Top three. Okay, there's so many. I'll start with number one, okay? Number yep. one has got to be Mariah Carey. Her, Agreed. Wow. I think it's Mariah Carey, Merry Christmas. Uh, Classic. Came out in, like, 1994. And I got to say, honestly, 94, like, mid-90s Mariah Carey is the best Mariah Carey. Yep, uh, I agree. In, Boys to Men with Mariah aspects. Carey. Oof. The, uh, that album, actually, fun fact, uh, it was produced by The Hit Factory. They're a company that um, produced Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life, um, just big hits like that. And uh, so you could tell because wow. that, 
album was a massive success. And in fact, I, I think I read somewhere that, you know, Mariah Carey is still making a buttload of money off of that album, even today. Perfect. <laughs> All right, um, Emma, who's your number two? Okay, number two, uh, Michael Buble's Christmas. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. My wife saw, would agree with that. <laughs> I saw a meme that, like, said that, oh, uh, like, on December 1st, there was a meme that said, uh, it's December 1st. Michael Buble pokes his head out of his cave and <laughs> emerges. Like, because that's the only time we ever hear from him is during Christmas. Basically. It really is. It really it is, is true. <laughs> it is true. Um, yeah. So Michael Buble would probably be my number two. And then uh, my number three, um, probably, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a Peanuts Christmas. Yep. Um, yep. Classical. Yep. Peanuts. The, so their Christmas album um, is made by this jazz guy, jazz pianist named Vince Guaraldi. Um, I was, I'm big into jazz music and, uh, yeah, so that, that one's probably one of my favorite. It's, there's no, not a lot of lyrics, but, uh, nice, very nice piano and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, That's those are my awesome. probably top three. Top Perfect. three. Tyler, there you anyway, have it. How, Tyler, how does your top three match up to Hemma's? I, I want to hear this. Uh, it's fairly close. I okay. have Mariah Carey flip flopped with another one of my favorites, uh, He's a, a crooner, a wonderful, wonderful Jewish man who sings a fabulous Christmas album. Uh, I'm going and speaking of uh, Neil Diamond. Neil Ooh. Diamond. Uh, there you his, go. Good one. his Christmas album is at number one with the little drummer boy. Uh, but yeah, I've always found it odd that a Jewish man has made so much money off of Christian music. So... <laughs> uh, Number two is Mariah Carey uh, with that uh, fabulous Christmas uh, song. I think one of the underrated songs on that one is where she sings with a choir. Uh, that choir, oh, yeah. is, it, that's that's one of my favorite songs on there. Um, it's um, it's the Gloria whatever song. Okay. I don't know. Okay, yeah, that one's bomb. Uh, and then uh, number three coming in tied are both uh, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and Mannheim Steamroller. Any Ooh, of their albums. Uh, classics. Like, I, I hear those and I'm nostalgic back to the 1990s, listening to a CD player in our living room next to a red-lit Christmas tree, because that was <laughs> the fad back then. So, uh, number one, awesome. Neil Diamond. Number two is... Uh, uh, Oh, Mariah Carey, number three, mm -hmm. Trans-Siberian Orchestra slash Mannheim Steamroller. So nice. Sneaking, what about you, Micah? Sneaking in a fourth one. You know, I, for top three, at number three has to be, it's got to be Nat King Cole. And I've given this a lot of Ooh. thought. I've, I've really dug into the vault. And Nat King Cole, he's solid voice. The dude in real life was apparently quite the womanizer. From I, I, I did, unfortunately, I did digging into his background, which did kind of killed the music for me. But no, his his singing, I, I know, I know, his singing's fantastic. So Nat King Cole for Christmas music comes in at number three. Number two has to be Brenda Lee. Um, again, yes. a, a somebody who's just not a lot of people know, and it's just a travesty. Nope. I have Brenda no Lee, idea who that is? Look her up. She's fantastic. She, I believe she made Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, I believe is the one that uh -huh. she made uh, me, She made famous, basically. Um, yeah. And then uh, and she's actually, uh, one of her albums, as far as nationally, like, or not nationally, uh, 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 like globally or whatever, is like still one of the top albums that has like ever sold um, uh, on the wow. international scale or whatever. So yeah, go look that up. Brenda Lee. Number one, just because I don't know, I, I'm terrible, but he's got like four <laughs> solid songs and the rest of them are good, like better than average, but he's got four really good songs. Has to be Michael Bublé. I, and, and again, oh, yeah. it's, he's poking okay. his head out of the cave and I'm the sucker. <laughs> I will go for that. But Michael Bublé has got some really good, like really upbeat, really like, I, I'm not a huge fan of his Santa baby. Right, in, right. in a, a guy's rendition that's a little weird to me so that he left that one off but the rest of them are, are pretty solid so that that there's like my it. list my michael buble will come in at number one so uh but tyler my man you i mean you got anything else for him we've got him on the line we're, we're gonna hold him on here as long as we can because we could go for another hour and a half but we won't oh, do I that tyler. what do you what do you have I, tyler what do you got for us I guess you know we've we've talked about Utah, we've talked about um, U, uh, BYU, 
Is there anyone coming out this year that you feel is worthy of a pick from Utah State, little Logan, Utah? Because I know you cover them, uh, and this is a tough one because Logan, you know, Utah State doesn't have a whole lot of people coming out. Is there anybody that you would see flying under the radar as either a undrafted free agent or maybe a late round to mid round pick? Um, okay, I definitely have an undrafted free uh, free or yeah, that's, this guy he I don't think anyone should draft him, but he can get the job done. He's got he's got the body for it. Um, it's Dax Raymond, and so far he's the only one that's declared for the the draft. Um, he's a tight end. Uh, six five, two hundred fifty pounds. Um, he can block. Um, he can catch, but he's mostly uh, a blocking guy. Um, okay. So that's probably the only guy at Utah State so far right now. But you got to remember, Utah State. Um, they lost to Boise State. You know, on the Smurf turf, whoop, whoop. Um, right before the Mountain West Championship. This is a well-oiled machine of a team. Okay. A lot okay. of young talent as well, including their quarterback, Jordan Love. Um, this guy's amazing. Um, I would keep an eye on him, especially if you guys were looking for someone that, you know, uh, Derek Carr could take under his wing eventually, show yeah. him the ropes, develop him into a great NFL quarterback. Because I think of all the people on this team, Jordan Love could be a great NFL quarterback. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... Um, so I, to answer your question, Dax Raymond um, is going to leave okay. now, but keep an eye out for him in the next couple of years. Uh, All right. There's a lot of good, good guys coming out of there. Hema, do you see Jordan Love potentially having a banner year? Say next year they win the Mountain West title, uh, which is very possible. I think you guys have a lot of returning talent on that team, if I'm not mistaken, including Absolutely. Love. And, and, and do you see him – do you think it's possible, even from that small of a school, him like declaring after his junior year? Or do you th- see him sticking around for all four years? No, I see him leaving. And let me tell you why. Um, this year, he had a great year. Um, uh, he had uh, over 3,000 yards passing. Wow. Um, he averaged about 60% uh, passing rate, like percent um, completions. Uh, only five picks on the year. Um, wow. Wow. This, yeah, this guy is unreal. Um, he, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Jordan Love just has so much potential um, that I think he'll have to show it in the NFL because uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but our uh, Utah State's head coach just left. Right. Oh, really? Texas yeah. Tech? Texas Tech. Yeah. Okay. This was like maybe a week ago or last week. I don't know. Recent news. So uh, Matt right. Wells left, coach, head coach of Utah State, but the dude also took with him the offensive coordinator and defense coordinator. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Wow. So they have a lot of talent. We're going to wait and see who gets brought into those positions. We're hoping for a solid offensive-minded guy to carry on these young players that they have. But, uh, you know, ever since the head coach left, I have been waiting to see where all these young kids are starting to lean, you know, if they're going to leave the program or if they're going to, you know, declare early as soon as they become juniors or whatever. That's um, rough. Yeah. So I, that's why I think he'll leave. He's accomplished so much in such little time. It's a shame they didn't win the Mountain West, but, uh, it's yeah, really we'll not yeah. though. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. You're talking to do Boise's state fanatics that's, here. That's so, so hat. it's hard. Yeah. You're, you're not going to, to get much you're not going to get much sympathy from us sorry <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> oh my word like well, you might have to call birch to find any sympathy on that one yeah that's true <laughs> that, that is true hema man we are definitely going to catch up at, after the season ends as we get a little bit closer to the draft as we start understanding you know if zach moss comes out some of these other players start coming if yeah. they do declare for the draft we we definitely want to hit you up again and kind of get some of the lowdown on some of these guys maybe get some highlights get your analysis on what you think uh uh, what you think we're looking at and what kind of rounds and everything um, you think these guys are going to go in. Cause I, there are some really sure. uh, all the, all the players you've mentioned here, not only for, for this draft, but it's really in the, in the near future. Uh, there are some solid names here that I'm, I'm pretty excited to keep an eye on because Oakland for some, you know, it, it's, it's that West coast and they do seem to like to pluck 
guys, especially, you know, signings after the draft, they do seem to like to kind of stick on the West Coast and pick up guys oh, yeah. um, uh, for signing. So this, I'm really excited to see what happens here. But, man, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast with us and giving us your insight, man. man. And, and, hey, and awesome. taking on tough life questions like top three Christmas albums of all time. <laughs> right. We, we, we dig deep here. <laughs> that was fantastic. Man, thank you so much. We appreciate it, Raider Nation. Make sure you go follow him. Man, give it you you're on Twitter, it's, right? Yeah, yeah. It's my hit us with your Twitter handle. At at Hemahimuli Jr. You're gonna have to just figure it out because my name is kind of <laughs> weird. So, also, uh you're you have yourself a podcast, yes, right? Yes. Oh yeah, that's true. We uh so here at I you know, I work for KSL Sports here in Salt Lake City. Uh, we follow us, you know, subscribe to our podcast at sports feed after hours. Uh, we I don't know, talk sports, but all, of, all kinds of other stuff. And, um, yeah, awesome. as, as far as I know, our bosses haven't fired us over what we've posted on there. So <laughs> check it out well, while it good. still exists. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go do it right now. So Emma, <laughs> man, thanks so much. We really appreciate hey, thanks, it. Guys. Thanks and again, we will catch you later. Sounds good. Appreciate yeah, it. All right. Once again, that was Hema getting in on the action with us here at the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Really appreciate his time setting aside uh, his evening to be able to go over what he's seen in the Pac-12 and at BYU, Utah State. That uh, was a great conversation. Excited to get him back on. I mean, we're definitely going to do that, man, as we as it gets closer Absolutely. to draft time. Maybe February, March, maybe after the season wraps up. Uh, as we kind of get to know some of these players after the, you know, after their senior bowls and and uh, senior games and you know the bowls and everything like that, I'd be able to get in on uh, maybe dive a little in depth to who's declared and and what's going on there. But also, really enjoyed that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say also thank you for the uh, Mariah Carey information. What a yeah, he's dropping knowledge bombs. Uh, make I sure Raider Nation. Make sure to uh, check out Sports Beat After Hours podcast, especially if you are in the Idaho, Utah uh, er- areas. Uh, yeah, give them a, a a follow. I like their podcast; it's fun to listen to. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you, Hema. I appreciate you coming on, man. It's good to have you. Yes, absolutely. Again, that was so much fun. We'll definitely do that again. Um, but you know what? Let's get on to this AFC West preview for this Sunday. We're, I mean, man, I can't believe... Dude, playoffs are right around the corner. Obviously, the Raiders aren't in that playoffs. discussion. But... <laughs> playoffs? We're talking about playoffs. Oh, my gosh. You know, we had a couple good things happen, though. You know, the the Bears lost. The Bears you know, did lose. our draft position. Yes. A couple of points. Unfortunately. Um, and the Raiders lost. The Cowboys won. Of, of course. And, of course they won. But also, the Arizona Cardinals... Uh, winning has moved us up into second place uh, yeah. in the in the blow for Boza sweepstakes. So right now it's the 49ers followed by the Oakland Raiders followed by uh, don't know after. I think the Jets. Is it the Jets? I think so. I want to say it is the Jets. So um, thank you, Arizona, so for yeah. beating Green Bay and then the demise of Mike McCarthy. Oof, yeah, and I tell you what, I just I, I do want to throw this out there. Um, that does mean just because uh, you just just follow follow the timeline, man. Oakland, you know, we beat the Cardinals, um, and then turn around, watch the Cardinals beat the Packers. That does mean by any kind of logical deduction uh, that the Oakland Raiders are better than the Green Bay Packers. I will stand by that. Woo-hoo-hoo. So um, I'm I'm going to follow that to the end uh, amidst <laughs> this rough season. So enjoy that, Raider Nation. Even with Aaron Rodgers, the Oakland Raiders, uh, by, by default, are better than the Green Bay Packers. So um, enjoy that little small victory there that I was able to pluck out of uh, uh, Sunday's otherwise rough afternoon. Not so rough, though, because the Raiders did show good heart and did – you know, nobody's quit on John Gruden, that's for sure. Nobody's quit on this team. And uh, we are seeing definitely a little bit of improvement as far as, you know, shuffling some of these players around to some different positions, getting guys like Conley in there to play and, and and you know, kind of coming to realize that 
guys like Conley are worth having out there and are going to be, you know, players that we need for the long term and that are definitely long term answers. Might I interject being, there just yeah, just real yeah. quickly? Um, I, I found it interesting what you said that players have not quit on John Gruden. Let me go a step further and say I believe the players that have quit on John Gruden are no longer there. Yep. Uh, yep. If they Good did point. quit, I don't think they're there anymore. And then to follow that up with Gary and Conley from PFF Oak Raiders, Conley's 83.3 PFF grade over the span, um, his three highest graded games of the season so far, ranks third among qualifying cornerbacks. So his wow. top three games this year uh, and is ranks third out of the entire NFL we're talking some elite cornerbacks, Micah, that he is Absolutely. joining the ranks of at this time. At, at a time in his career where basically it's his rookie season, um, and that's impressive. Uh, it, it can only get better, barring injury, uh, for Gary on Connolly. So that's exciting, especially on a, on a defensive front that needs all the help it can get. Um, dude, let's get right into this AFC West here. Starting this week, we've got Bengals versus Chargers. Uh, it's going to be played uh, in L.A., uh, this feels like one of those games that the Chargers would have. Now, you know, Chargers will get this one done. Charger, I mean, it almost feels like a game. I could see them struggling for a half, uh, but they had that bit, that epic win over the Steelers. Um, I'm going to go Chargers pretty comfortably here. I'm going to go 33 to 16. Chargers get get the job done uh, against the Bengals. You, you got any qualms with that? No, I th- I think the Bengals season is done. Uh, AJ which, Green which is out. Means, uh, yeah. So he's done, and Andy Dalton's done, and Jeff Driscoll looked like Jeff Driscoll from uh, Florida. So yeah, you know, which, I don't have any qualms. Should ensure that that head should should ensure that uh, that head coach gets an extension uh, with another poor season. Yes, so, absolutely. As is, it seems like the way. In, well, because in you got to take into account <laughs> yeah. injuries, Micah. I mean, come on. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's right. That's another team that, uh, you know what, if I'm the Bengals, I'd shop Dalton. See if you could get Dalton over to Jacksonville or even New York. Um, uh, but that's a that's a guy that's underperformed in my in my uh, opinion, um, but is good enough that I, where I think, you know, a, a team like Jacksonville might spring for him, you know, and it and could make a team like Jacksonville, you know, push a team like Jacksonville over the brink to where they could finally, you know, be a, a true contender in the AFC. I don't know. Just spitballing there. But uh, um, Broncos versus 49ers. This is another game. You know, I feel like this is one of those games that, like, has the potential to, you know, I could see the Broncos going into San Fran and laying an egg. You know, they're on this hot streak. They've put themselves back on the bubble for the playoffs. I could see them going in and, you know, losing, like, 21 to 17. Or something like, and it just you just be kind of scratching your head. But I'm gonna go with the Broncos. I've picked in the last three weeks or last two weeks, they've won each time, uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Denver Broncos this week over the 49ers. Uh, what say you, Tyler? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I think that's gonna be the case again. I it tastes like vinegar to say those words, but the uh, football yeah. side of me cannot overcome the logical side of me. So yes, hate the Broncos, but I do think they beat the 49ers. However, how awesome would it be if the 49ers win? And then we, we are uh, then in the driver's seat once more for the top overall pick. If we don't goof up and beat the Steelers. (laughs) So yeah, that's true. Uh, And James Connor is out this week. I have read, um, But I'm yeah. sure they'll find someone else. They they lost Le'Veon Bell oh, yeah. and found James Conner. Then uh, they lost James Conner. They have Stephen Ridley and some unknown guy that I'm sure will tear us a new one. So uh, have that to look forward. And Antonio <laughs> Brown and J.J. Smith-Schuster. So uh, we'll have uh, Reggie Nelson probably getting burnt over the top several times by Schuster and Brown. And we'll still keep More playing than likely. him. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, we got no other choice, you know. Do we? Do Carl we really just, not have just, any other just choice? Doesn't cut the mustard. Because <laughs> oh I gosh. say we call up Dallin Levitt, the safety off the practice squad, because we have choices. There go. There's got to be other choices. It's just they choose not <laughs> to employ them. 
That you know what you're right on that score. You are. Thank you. But you know I'm gonna I, I am I'm gonna go bold here. Ravens versus Chiefs. Chiefs looks like they're getting to that point where it's almost like it's they're playing almost kind of sloppily. Now you could argue the Kareem Hunt deal this past week caught everybody off guard, but I feel like the Chiefs are starting to settle in or get a little too comfortable. I'm going to go Ravens over Chiefs this weekend, and I'm going to go Ravens. I'm going to go like something like 27-24. Ravens over the Chiefs in a little bit of a, a shock. Not a little bit. That would be quite a shocker. But I just I like that Ravens defense, and I like, uh, you know, you've got the two kind of the youngsters there. You've got Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. As, as we saw last week, man, that Chiefs defense is horrendous. When the Oakland Raider offense with no-name receivers are able to drive up and down that field on uh, on the Chiefs. Uh, I like Lamar Jackson's chances against the Chiefs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge to Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna go bold, I dare say, and I'm gonna go uh, Ravens over the Chiefs for my for my big upset this week. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. You're not convinced. I'm not, I can tell. Well, I'm not gonna pick against you. I mean, for the last two weeks, I've just been in a mire of well, this looks good, and I get my butt kicked. So I'm shoot. Why not? Let's take the Ravens over the uh, over the Chiefs in a and we'll have to in a eat some snowball. Hopefully it snows. That'd be kind of fun. That would be that would be awesome. Um, so let's do. Let's get right down to it. You know, we just mentioned James Conner's out. Uh, you know, the Steelers obviously just laid an absolute egg in the second half there on that uh, uh, that the game against uh, the Chargers. Uh, it's been nonstop from Chargers fans since then. They've come out of the woodwork and from under the bed and out of the closet to finally decide that they are uh, fully on board with this Chargers team. Uh, but it was an impressive win nonetheless, um, even though there were a couple of highly questionable calls by the refs uh, in that game that definitely went the uh, Chargers' way. But all that aside, Steelers travel to Oakland, take on the Raiders. Who do you got in this game? Um, I don't know. I, I really liked what I have seen. I have liked what I have seen from the Raiders over these past, like two, three weeks. I just think that the talent is not there. And so it's hard, but the, the Steelers have not been playing well. Plus they lost Connor, um, or James Connor. I'm going to sound like a Homer, but. I'm going to say Raiders take this game because I haven't wow. I haven't picked I haven't picked the Raiders to win in so long that I'm letting this recent flow of good energy uh overcome me and I'm going to say they win 24-21 maybe on a like a last second drive. That's what I'm going to say. 24-21 wow. Raiders in Pittsburgh. Call me crazy. But you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyways. I I, I get to choose. Hey, man. I'm just gonna go for it. You're a Raider fan. You call the you, you Chiefs upset. What's what's crazier, a Chiefs upset or or beating the Steelers? To me, beating the Chiefs is way crazier. So I'm gonna go yeah, out on a that's limb. True. I like it. I like it. You know, I'm gonna play the law of averages again, and it's it stood me in good stead so far. You know, the Raiders went had a big game, almost knocked off the Chiefs. You know what? After that, I'm going to say they're going to come out and lay an egg against the Steelers, even at home. I'm going to go Steelers 32, Oakland 13. It's going to be that kind of game. I feel like like Oakland had such a shot. If their defense could have made a stop there uh, when they were only down three, I honestly do. I mean, I think the Raiders could have, the way that Chiefs defense was playing, I think Oakland would have had a real shot to drive the field and even win that game, let alone just tie it. Um, obviously didn't get it done. Kind of a letdown there at the end. Um, I, I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna feel like they gave it their all. You know, they put it all out there on the field against the Chiefs. They're gonna show up on Sunday, and it's gonna be pretty bad. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna go 32-13. Steelers get it done. Unfortunately, even without Connor, I just I don't like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't like their big tight end. Their big tight end is uh, what's his name, Michael. Uh, something I forget his name, but that They've dude's got gonna McDonald. eat our secondary. Um, McDonald, that's who it. McDonald's going to eat our secondary alive. Then AB, I'm sure we'll have at least one or two big bombs. 
uh, that our secondary is not going to be able to handle. So between those weapons, on, on even without Connor, the Steelers should be just fine. And I hate to say that, but uh, our lack of pass rush um, is is going to, you know, just dooms us every week. And, and we can't ask that secondary to hold on for four, five, six seconds and, and let players, you know, let the quarterback make plays. But that's what's happening. That's what we, you know, it's been happening this year. And it seems like we're reluctant to blitz uh, to try to, you know, help take care of that. So um, I'm going to go Steelers in a, in a pretty big blowout, unfortunately. So uh, good news, though. The Rams do play the Bears. I believe it's Sunday night game. So with any luck, the Bears will drop their second straight. And, uh, uh, you know, that draft pick will start to improve. I think it dropped a couple of spots with their loss um, and maybe drop another couple more spots uh, with a loss to the Rams. So we can only hope, Tyler. We can only, can only hope, hope at this point. And actually, I, I, kind of, <laughs> I kind of hope that the Raiders don't win in a way, but I don't know. I'm just going to call it. There you go. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, even though, I mean, I'm a, a true Raider fan, man. I'm there on Sundays, you know, on but on the couch ready to, you know, take this thing by storm and with every expectation that we're going to go in there and win, even though, you know, it's just, it's in my blood, man. And and I just can't help it. I can't help it. Even as, as frustrated as I get with this team. I'm always right back there, man, with with high hopes every Sunday. So yep, it's just no matter how salty you are during the fan. week, you're still there on Sunday. <laughs> oh my word! Well, you know what? I it was a little bit different format this week. Next week we will get to. Uh, I think it's got, it's time to throw down the the over and underrated uh, Christmas uh, treats of you know the treats of christmas Ooh, time. so christmas we're gonna, get, we're gonna get to that next so i like yeah let me ask you a question what is okay. considered a treat does it have to be food or can this also uh involve drink um you know what it, if it's if it's a seasonal thing I think it can be candy, it can be cookie, it can be cake, it can be drink. If it's seasonal, okay. if it's pertaining to something where you would, you know, normally only pull it out for the holiday season, I think that's it's fair to include. Like eggnog? So like yeah, like eggnog. Okay. So so next next week we will dive into that. Not pumpkin spice eggnog. That. that doesn't count. No, that's that that's that's that's, that's you know, that's like Thanksgiving. That's Halloween type stuff. Well, let's we, we've moved on. We, we've gone past the pumpkin into the peppermint. Okay. So, um, uh, so anyway, let's tackle that issue next week. We'll also get back to the draft. Uh, watch. Uh, well, you know, we're into the bowl season for college now, so not much to watch this weekend. But we'll uh, we'll hit the draft hard. Do another mock draft next week. See where the teams are sitting. See who we can pick up and uh, and go from there. So. Um, Since this was a, a college football themed kind of podcast today, mm-hmm. let me get your thoughts on just real fast. Urban Meyer re- saying he's retiring from Ohio State after their bowl game. You know, that's an interesting move because it, it, does it? I don't. You know, that's just it's weird. It, um, it's hard to imagine call the college football scene without Urban Meyer. Um, so. I, gosh, it almost does anything almost like scream guilty than retiring. But at the same time, like I, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. I I, I just like I said, it, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Ohio State. You know, after something like that, I, I'd be interested to know who they're gonna get to jump in there. They're, it's gonna and, be their offensive coordinator. I think his last name is Day. Uh, but he's okay. like the heir apparent, kind of similar to the uh, what Stoops brother was at Oklahoma, and then the oh okay the, is it Bob Stoops that was it or I think Bob yeah. Stoops that was at Oklahoma, and then they they uh, had his heir apparent offensive coordinator that's done a really good job for them. So I just think that timing is odd. Like what? Why? Why all of a sudden yeah. you're retiring again? He did the same yep. thing to Florida. So I don't know. I'm sure he'll be back. We may see him coaching the Cleveland Browns next year or the Packers or something yeah. like that too. So maybe he's maybe he's going to try his NFL hat on. We'll f- we'll find out. Yeah, that, that that would be interesting to see if he ventures into the 
into the big league, so to speak. And, you know, they're, they're, I think they're going to be plenty of vacancies uh, in the NFL coaching, head coaching position there uh, come 2019. And I, I definitely, yeah, that, that's an interesting concept. It'd be weird to see Urban Meyer, you know, like on a Brown sideline or, or you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's thoughts to think about, which is what we give you here on the Behind the High Patch podcast. So, Tyler, I appreciate you setting up that interview again with Hema. Again, big shout-out to him. Really appreciate you, his man. time and efforts there. And uh, Raider Nation, thanks so much for listening. Go Again, go and subscribe on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next episode. Just win, baby.